Hi, and welcome back to Back of the Bar Talk podcast. I'm your host, Eric Gregg. I'm here with my co-host, Anthony Oliva and Brian Eckley, and we have a lot to unpack this week. Um, really just from the past three or four days, but it's a lot of information and a lot of news and a lot of speculation and just a lot of things, a lot of things to talk about. Where do we want to, do we want to start, do we want to start with a positive and start with Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G? Anthony, do you want to start with what might be like your first positive of the year? It just, I want to say thank you, God. I've been a patient fan. I was questioning my fandom for so long right now, but this this really, really was a great, great fucking move today. And I, w- I want to say this right now. A lot of people are like, yeah, you're still not going to win. Shut the fuck up. Like, That's not the point. That's not the point. Do you realize what it's like to see my team actually go downhill before the season even started? Yeah. That's how I felt. And, um, now you can start going up. Yeah, yeah. You know whoa, what? Whoa, calm down. It's the Raiders. Let's not jump the gun. The one thing that me just so happy is Antonio Pierce's like it's fucking Pierce. Like a lot of people are like making fun of the move. It's like you do we did we just forget who this man was? Like and the fact that he had a statement today where he's was born a Raider, he lived that California Compton life, and he is so he's so, so blessed and happy to actually be in charge of this team. Like this is a guy that's not gonna be like you know what? I'm just here to fill in the shoes real quick and get it done. Like he actually wants to make a statement, and I'm I'm really happy to see that that someone wants to like has pride in their job and feels like they are blessed to be in a position that they are in, and they want to try to go forward. I love hearing that. I love that they not only that he's a line he was a linebacker, so he's all looking out for all the players right now. He's like, look, I came from your shoes, and I know like you guys don't want to be losing. We're going to go and try to work on this and we're going to fix this relationship we have with the players and everything. Seeing Hunter Renfro today, like in all the video clips where he just seems so happy, like it feels like he can finally be a Raider again. I have to say this the most bad thing ever. I have to say this about Hunter Renfro. I saw a post, I think maybe it was Sunday evening or something sometime. No, y'all played Monday, right? Yeah. So it was, it was Monday evening or, or maybe it was yesterday at some point. I can't remember which one it was. And it talked about Hunter Renfro. And I thought to myself, Josh McDaniels has under, underutilized this man so much that I didn't think Hunter Renfro played for y'all anymore. I didn't think that either. <laughs> like that's how much he's underutilized Hunter Renfro. I, I was like, wait, Hunter Renfro's still on the Raiders? Right. And the problem with hearing that is that just last season, everyone in media was like, Hunter Renfro is probably the top three slot receiver in the league. Yeah, he's solid. That's what I was. That's why I was so shocked. I was like, wait, he's still there. And it wasn't an injury. It's purely they just didn't want to scheme him in. And then they try to get rid of him. It was seriously just devastating to hear. Now that we have at least a little bit of stability and a right direction going forward, maybe it's not. You know, it's not, we're obviously not going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. Right. But it's definitely something that the players can be like, you know what? It took a while, but we're all here. We're together. We're a family again. Let's finish this season and let's get it going. And it was so, con- it was so great hearing Adams talking about the Raiders, where uh, he had mentioned uh, on the NFL, uh, NFL podcast basically saying that 
he never wanted to leave. Like a lot of rumors were coming in. It was getting hard to be in that locker room. Right. He's a Raider and hearing Hunter Renfro excited to be a Raider and players actually saying, dude, the rookie who hasn't played that much is the better quarterback in this room. Like, come on. Like, well, and that's what stuck out to me the most too. Like one, the fact that McDaniels got fired in the same exact day Jimmy G gets benched lets me know that the only person who wanted Jimmy G on that team is Josh McDaniels. Uh, yeah. And that's like, the only reason Jimmy G ever signed there was because McDaniels wanted him. And then on the flip side of that, I love that the source came out and they asked why why the – because a lot of times they'll say, why are you changing up quarterbacks? And it can be, we think this gives us the best chance to win right now, so yada, yada, yada. But that's not what they said. They said because he's the best quarterback we have. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> it was straight out the gate like because no sugar coating yeah because he's better that's why <laughs> I, I loved it i love that my team is excited to be raiders again like let's go uh we might not make it all the way but you know what we're gonna be happy being a team i love that yeah and i like i said i, I woke up this morning i think they fired him at like two o'clock in the morning which is just for us for me it's two o'clock in the morning i guess for y'all it was probably like midnight but still that seems late to fire somebody so in california that's 11 o'clock and literally davis said hey have fun trick-or-treating yeah. go have a party enjoy your life hey give me a call around 11 yeah, give me a call when you get back we got something to talk about <laughs> Uh, I hope you had fun tonight and stay out as late as you want because you do not have to come in tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So so don't worry about it. Now on the flip side of that, obviously they fired McDaniels and I, I always understand firing a coach in the NFL when you feel like it's the best franchise. I'm not knocking that at all, but they are now obviously going to pay McDaniels for the next four years. I'm not, not be the, no, here's, here's what, here's my statement. I, do. I heard this statement a few years back and I will always agree with it. There is no better job in the world than a fired NFL coach. You don't have to do anything and you're still getting paid. If I was McDaniels, I would be sitting my ass in the Bahamas for the next two years and never leave because why would I, he's literally getting paid millions of dollars and does not have to go to work. Uh, there's no work lined up for him anymore. Well, I mean, obviously, but what I'm saying is even if there was, like, even if I got fired and I'm, I could go get a job elsewhere, I'm not doing it for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Why would I, if I'm still getting paid from the previous job? Um, obviously a pretty, a pretty active trade deadline for a few teams. Um, obviously Washington sold, which isn't surprising. Um, I think they're kind of headed towards that direction. Um, I think here's the thing. I don't, I must speak on both the trades for a second. I don't dislike young to the 49ers, but I also don't think it's as great as a trade as everybody's making it out to be. Young has been unproductive as fuck this year. Uh... He's a depth signing. I don't think that's as great as everybody thinks. And you can sit here and be like, well, he'll get more because he's on a more, he's on a stacked 49ers yeah. defensive line. He's on a stacked Washington he's defensive a, line. Yeah, like, but see, like that's, that's where I kind well, of. There's, there's a big difference. No, the there isn't. Are you okay? You're going to tell me right now, Rasheem green, Jason Smith, Williams, obviously the deep tackles are really, really good. Payne and Allen are better. You're telling me right now they're better than Hargrave Armstead. 
Bosa, like, and Drake Jackson. I'm telling you, you're really telling me that. I'm telling you right now that I think Payne and Allen are close to the defensive tackles for the 49ers. Obviously, Bosa's in a level of his own, but that's talking about the defensive ends, which obviously Washington traded away. I just, I feel obviously like- Bosa opens up if he plays right end. He opens up left end for Chase. If he plays left end, he opens up right end for Chase. Obviously, Bosa is a difference maker on the mm-hmm. defensive line. I don't think in terms of tackles, there's that much different in the front four of just, Washington and San Francisco to the point. I don't think Chase Young is all of a sudden going to get ten sacks a year. I don't think he's going to get ten sacks a year, but there's no way you have time to breathe in that line. Like you're, I'm just named the starting lineup for that team. Tell me the commanders right after that. Tell tell me who's the depth for the commanders right after. I named. But that's what I'm saying. That's all I said was that Chase Young is a depth signing, which is what he is in but San Francisco. No, dude is going to start at left end. There's no way he's a depth signing. He's going to replace Cleveland Farrell. And then after the second unit is Farrell, Gregory, and then he has Kinlaw and Given. I forgot they got Gregory. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the team, like this team is meant. That's a lot of work for a team who can't fucking score. I honestly, I think that's what probably Shanahan went with is defense wins championships. Yeah, well, great. Have fun with another quarterback that's just like Jimmy G and can't play when his when he can't throw his little five yard screens to CMC and Debo Samuel. For real, for real, I get that. But like, I really, I'm gonna talk about that later in the segment. But like, I think there's a bigger. I'm really down on the 49ers, and I don't think Chase Young makes me all of a sudden up on them again. I also don't like the Bears going to get Montez Sweat. I, I understand why they did it. I don't think it's the Bears' biggest need right now. No, no, that's. True. I think the Bears, I, I, because I think there's a really, really good chance that they just traded a second round pick for a nine month rental. And it's not a nine month rental that turns them into a Super Bowl contender. I think there's a very good chance. He I just have walks. a real question about this. So let's say the commanders, you know, they didn't accept Montez Sweat's fifth year option. And now that he's passed the deadline, but he got traded to a team and it's free, like, you know, off season. Can they pick up that option? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know the rules on that. I don't know. Huh. I want to say no because I feel like the fifth year option is it's the option for the team. Whereas when he goes to another team, that's yeah. not that team's option anymore. You it was the other think, team's option. You would think, right? Yeah, man, that would be that would be one hell of a of a so, power move. <laughs> if that's the case, thank you for the second round pick. We're going to take our player back now. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> if that's the case, yeah, I really don't see Montez Sweat signing with them again. Like, if anything, he I probably don't. could go to like. Chargers after they can't pay Mac and yeah okay. like I just think I just don't get it and I've got no problem I'm with Brian what we talked about in the chat like I I personally don't have any problem with Washington selling and moving the two players like get some cap get, get some get some draft capital yeah. for them like I've yeah. got no problem with what Washington did but I don't and I don't have a problem with San Francisco trading for Chase Young I think that was a smart move for San Francisco I do think it was a dumb move for Chicago to change trade for sweat because I think what they're saying is ooh we made a splash look at us what's it gonna do what have you fixed Justin Fields is hurt and you're not winning games without him and you weren't winning games with him if you he, have much bigger problem. Your offensive line is a much bigger problem than your defensive line. 
And now you're saying that you're either renting a guy that's not bringing you anything for the next nine months. He's not getting you a trophy in any way, shape, or form. And you're either saying we're going to let him walk so we wasted a second-round pick for no reason. Or you're going to pay him a crap ton of money that you could that could be going to players that are filling a higher need than what Montez Sweat brings to the table. So if he stays, though, is this a good move? I'd have to see the contract. If they pay him a boatload of money and he becomes one of the highest paid defensive players in the league, I don't think so because I think that money needed to go to bigger needs than, than defensive line. If they get him on like a deal and he stays and it's not as outrageous as you think it might be, then then maybe, yeah. But if he signs and it's like Nick Bosa type money, then I, then they've wait then they've then no, it's a terrible move. You know what? I can't see that happening, but I could see it actually happening. It's the weirdest thing to say. Right. No, I but I know exactly what you're saying. And that's where I would be we can revisit this conversation. If they get him at a at a good price, yeah, it's a solid move. But if they have to pay him top three defensive line money and that money that could be used for offensive linemen or in really anything else that they need, linebacker, whatever, then no, they've they've it was a it was a dumb move and they shouldn't have done it. So I guess for me it's I think it's dumb on the surface, but obviously I guess it could turn into an okay move. But I tend to lean more towards I think it's gonna turn into a bad move for Chicago over turning into a good move. If you if you were going to turn around now and pay <coughs> Montez Sweat a crap ton of money, why did you not just play at the Smith? Why did you move Roquan if you're just going to turn around a year later and go get the somebody you're going to have to pay similar money to? Because they're the Bears. <laughs> Case in point. You're, thank you for making my argument. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me that that kind of move. Well, okay, so they got Edmonds, all right. Let's right. say they do end up keeping Sweat, and you know it's a good deal for him, probably a little bit more than he should get, but it's a good deal. They can live with it. I feel like it's fine if they can keep Yannick, keep Sweat on that same team at a good, decent price. They have Edmonds who's filling in that middle linebacker role. All they have to do is pretty much draft offensive line, which is pretty, pretty heavy this coming up draft. Yeah, and they need another defensive back. They they do like need they've a got defensive. one. They've got like they've got the solid one that they have who I know is seeking a trade, but maybe they can repair that relationship between now. So they have and Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon's pretty good. Yeah, but I feel like they need another like another better than pretty good. Yeah, I just I think that the draft is heavy enough for line like offensive linemen that if they can get this to work, I don't think it's as as stupid as we think it is. I mean, I love their safeties, Jackson. I love Brisker. Yeah, the safeties are fine. Brisker's hurt in me. I mean, not that that affects this. In any no, way. no. I'm just saying I love them. I, I think when this team is healthy, they get together and they'll do pretty good. I don't I have don't... a problem with their linebackers. I like just think that it's just a stupid scheme. But yeah, maybe it's more of the scheme. Uh, than than an actual linebacker problem. I just I think my thing was, and maybe that's what I'm saying. I think this has the potential to be an absolutely stupid move. Maybe it's not currently, but no. if he just walks in March and leaves, and they don't keep yes. him, yes. then it then it's a terrible move for Chicago. Yes, 
And so I think that's more where I'm coming from. It has a chance to be a really, really bad move. Um, what other trades were there that were noticeable? Okay, I, I want to speak on this because I, I don't think you – I said this in another chat, Anthony, and I, you commented on it, and I don't think it was exactly came across a bit. I said that Josh Dobbs was a super underrated move for Minnesota. I don't think Josh Dobbs makes Minnesota contenders in any way, shape, or form. But I do think from what I've seen with what he was doing in Arizona, he keeps them afloat. I think the Arizona can win a couple – like I can win – I think they could finish 500 with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. To me, I have a problem with that. You know, I mean, Kirk is done. You're probably not bringing him back. Why not just Tank. find someone capable of finishing the season for you? Why did you have to trade for Dobbs and get yourself a pick to help out this team? Like, I so just, you I think just, so? Your yeah. problem is not so much with Dobbs, but just the fact that they tried to salvage the season. Yeah, I don't see the yeah. point of it. Like Jefferson I'm, is hurt. He's going to come back. Just have him be like, hey, you know what? We sit down with Addison. We sit down with Jefferson. Obviously, our two best players in the team for offense. And we say, hey, we aren't doing anything this season. I don't want to put you into any shit out there. So if you want to go stat pat, you want to go get plays. Like, let's get that done. Let's get your bonuses in. But I don't think we're making it into the playoffs this year. We're going to try to get you guys a good quarterback or something out there. I can see that. They've also, though, been really high uh, vocally the last few days on their rookie uh, quarterback, Jaron Hall. Um, and I don't, I don't know much about him, so I can't speak on it at all, but they, they're saying he's starting. They are not, they said Dobbs is not the starter. And so I don't know what to expect from him. I think there's a, you know, I, I don't I'm, know anything I'm about him. Um, with BYU quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. And then, and I, I know he's from there. And so it's just like, I don't know what to expect, but obviously like in their head, he's going to, he's, Maybe that's their thought process is he's the, he's the answer. We don't need, like we were going to play Kirk this year, but when Kirk walks, this kid's going to be our quarterback going forward. And so now they've just kind of, their hand has been forced to start that a little earlier than expected because of the unfortunate injury with Kirk. And I, I hate it for Kirk and the Vikings because they were kind of starting to find their stride. Oh my gosh! Like that's what I like, wanted to talk about. They were four and four. <laughs> they were they were four and four, and you look at their schedule. Then they have like a week thirteen bye, I believe it is. All of their opponents up until then were winnable games, very yeah. winnable games. They could have they could have run the table, and they could have been looking like. And the defense is looking like it's playing. Yeah, it's starting now. to come together. And it was just like, oh my gosh! Like maybe they'll they'll. I put all the pieces together and like make a real playoff run. But now I'm with Anthony. I'm thinking, well, without Kirk Cousins, you might make the playoffs, but you're not going to do anything. You're not doing anything after either, that. Right. I just, it, it sucks for everybody involved. So the next question that I want to ask with that is, I think it's pretty clear cut that the time in Minnesota is over. So where does Kirk end up next year? Where do y'all think is a viable option for Kirk Cousins? Uh, honestly, I if the Cardinals don't get a good pick, I can see him going there. Cardinals is a solid choice. I think he's going to want to. I know the I know the typical narrative with Kirk is that he he goes where the money is, and I'm sure that will be a factor. Right. But I think he really wants the Lombardi. So I like. Is there a team that he could go to that he could realistically try and? make a, a Super Bowl run with. I mean, it, just seeing 
how well the Seahawks play as a team. I yeah, but are they ready to give up on Gino? Just like I mean, if he Gino right now, and we'll talk about this in a second, but Gino right now is first in that division at five and two. I mean, if they win that division or even come close to it this year, I don't think they move off a of Gino on a three-year contract and say, "Okay, we'll go to Kirk instead." What about Steelers? I don't see Steelers. I could see Steelers. All right, I hear me out. That. Hear me out. If they don't turn it around this year offensively, I'm not ruling Atlanta out. I only kept Atlanta's name out of there because I think the connection with Arthur Smith and Kirk Cousins might, you know. I just think I just think it could make sense if Atlanta doesn't see improvement from Ritter, and and I, I'll I'll speak briefly on this for a second. Ritter obviously got benched this upcoming week for Taylor Heineke, which I don't mind, um, but I also don't think it means they're fully giving up on Ritter. I think what it means is that they feel like he needs a little bit more time, and I'm fine with that. But if the season progresses and they really just don't see any improvement out of them, they're like, okay, Ritter's not the answer. Then I think bringing someone in like Kirk until they, uh, because they're obviously Atlanta's not going to be bad enough this year to get a top quarterback in the draft. It's just not going to happen. And the team isn't bad enough. Atlanta is very much in like, can make the playoffs. Like Atlanta is not out of the running for the playoffs. They're in the running for the playoffs and they're in the running to win the division. They're obviously not going to tank. But I think if they do well enough, but they feel like Ritter hasn't made that jump, then going after someone like Kirk, looking at Atlanta's defense with the way with Drake London and Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson, would bringing in a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, let's look at the Kirk Cousins from this year when healthy and last year, tell me that that Atlanta team with Kirk Cousins isn't a potential at least NFC championship team potentially depending on how the playoffs fall with their defense this year and their offensive weapons. So I, I can see it before Arthur Smith. I would agree, but it seems like Arthur Smith and that GM over there just feel like we're building for a future. We want a dynasty and maybe they do go the Kirk cousins route. They go say, Hey, you know what? Let's put this chip in here. This is the only one we're going to have to worry about age. Uh, right. I see what you're saying. They want to go younger because their their thought process, and I, I agree with you, their thought process is we're not building to win right now. We're yeah. building to set up to where this team is going to eventually get into the playoffs, and then they are going to be a continuous playoff team. Like, I mean, Kirk Cousins is only 35 years old. I know that's that's up there, but like the quarterback position, they can play for quite a while. He could be in there for another for quite Four a while years or so at least and he takes very good care of his body i was gonna one of the things i wanted to mention was that he's a he's a really tough guy like can anybody remember the last time he had a serious injury that kept him out of games no he's never had one in 11 exactly. years Kirk cousins has never missed a game for injury exactly his but only so, miss he, was covid he just ended his season with a major injury if you're telling me that the falcons hey we put so much stock into our picks and getting talented and valuable players like they've gone after players who are very very young and can make a difference on this team but we risk it all for a guy like who's starting to show but what's the other option anthony if ritter doesn't progress and they decide ritter cannot be the quarterback of the future for this team and what is the other is the other option to go in the next season and just tank i don't think there's that option i can see a little bit of like you know what 
this is the only chip they tell themselves. <laughs> hey, this is the only chip. I swear, we're just gonna fill this need in with Kirk. Honestly, to me though, like, look at how you guys did with Ritter, and I, I get Ritter's getting a lot of blame. He's done a lot of stupid shit. I'm not saying I dislike Ritter. That's not what this conversation but, is. No, but I'm I'm saying right now, with someone who's a little who's just as young. To me, I, I would start calling, hey, what do you want for Fields? Hey, what do you want for Murray before I go down the I was about to say, the other one that came to mind is not so much Justin Fields because I think he's starting to get a little bit better with Chicago. But I think that if they feel like Ritter isn't the option, then they definitely have to potentially make calls to Arizona about Kyler Murray's availability. Yeah. Um, I think he fits that play style and that offense fantastically. And I think people forget that Kyler was a pretty solid quarterback before the injury. Yeah. Kyler was not yeah. ba- a bad quarterback by any means. I, I have I'm always, not saying I've he's top five, but I like him. I've been operating on the assumption that the main problem for him in Arizona was just his attitude. It wasn't his play. Right. And obviously, if that's the problem, then he's got to go somewhere where they feel like, hey, we can – we can improve this attitude or this work ethic. And I think that's, that's, I think you're right. I think that's a lot of what the problem is. And if they can get that fixed, I think Kyler Murray would thrive in an offense like Atlanta's. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, and they obviously Atlanta was in on Lamar Jackson for a little bit when, when they thought maybe he was going to get traded. Obviously he didn't, but obviously Atlanta has no problem trying to go after a quarterback with that mobile attitude. Um, and I don't have a problem with them going after a quarterback like that. I think Kyler is pretty solid, and I think Kyler would do really well with the big receiver like London and a big re- receiver slash tight end like Kyle Pitts. Like I think he would be able to thrive in a kind of offense where you have to kind of throw those jump balls up to them. And then he has a run game. He has a great committee. Right. Like- right, and then he's got Bijan and Tyler Algier to, to go along with it, which would obviously be uh, the best running backs that he's – that he's had in his career. And so there's all that that would go into it. So, yeah, I mean, I would have no problem if Ritter really doesn't look like he's going to be the future. I, I would have no problem with them going after Kyler. Um, but also there's no signs that that's going to happen outside of like the chatter of, we don't like Ritter. Can we go get Kyler Murray? <laughs> um, there's no real actual chatter that they're even looking and there's no chatter as much as, Taylor Heineke starting this year. There's no actual legit chatter that Atlanta's given up on Desmond Ritter either. They they have they even uh, all the players came out today and still. I mean, even Taylor came out and said, "I'm starting next week. This is Desmond's team. Like I, this is just me starting this week." The, he has not lost the locker room from what I'm seeing from player comments. Like he is still very much a leader within that locker room. This is just a business decision to see what might give us the best chance to win going forward with a veteran like Heineke coming in to play. Um, so I don't have a problem with Ritter getting benched right now. Um, I also don't think this, I don't think we've seen the last of Desmond Ritter starting unless of course Heineke starts lighting it up and we roll off like five straight wins. Then we probably don't see Ritter again, but I also don't see that happening. Uh, just by the fact that I don't think Atlanta's a five straight win kind of team. <laughs> like I don't, I don't think we're there yet. Everybody, I had Atlanta going ten and seven this year, which is one loss away from nine and eight, 
we're hovering right at 500 right now. So we're right around where I expected us to be. Everybody else is like, this team is so underperforming. I'm like, really? Were you expecting 13 and four? Like what? Like we're in year, what? Three of Arthur Smith's rebuild. And really, if I'm being honest, everybody says, oh, he's had three years to rebuild. No, Arthur Smith has had two years to rebuild. That first year was shedding all of those awful contracts. We still had Ryan, but we had just gotten rid of Julio. We couldn't sign anyone. We had no bodies. And then it was the same thing last year. We'd gotten rid of Ryan, but we had, we brought in Marcus Mariota and a bunch of nobodies. And we had Algier in London, but they were rookies and, and they played well. They both had great seasons. But the Pitts tore his ACL eight weeks in. Like we didn't have anything. This is really year two of Smith's rebuild. And it's really year one of being able to spend any money to do it. And it's worked because the defense is vastly improved with the exception of the fact that Will Levis just lit us up. Um, but that's irrelevant because he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. So he really shouldn't have been allowed to play to begin with. So there's really an after. <laughs> um, my next, you know what? I'm going to save this question for a second. I'm going to do another question because you posted it, Anthony. And it said, AFC, you, you asked AFC West not as strong as we believed. I'm sorry. I didn't believe it was strong. I thought maybe the Chargers would be better, but I knew that the Broncos and the Raiders would suck. Oh, now, I didn't last mean, year. I thought I didn't that mean straight up AFC West. I was meaning AFC period. Oh, the AFC. I don't. I think you're right. Oh, Let yeah. me tell you this. This is a this is a comment, and, and people are going to get mad because they haven't played well to begin the year. The AFC is still Kansas City or Cincinnati. It is. I don't want to hear yeah. about Miami. Miami hadn't beat a, of a, a, over 500 teams since September 25th, 2022. I don't want to hear about Miami. They don't play well against teams over 500. The only team that I'll accept a slight argument for is Jacksonville. Is Wait, the, hold on. Hold on. What about Jackson over there? I'm, I understand he hasn't won nope. totally over the favorite, but... Until... Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, who I think have – and I guess I, I've been a big Lamar Jackson um, critic, but I'm going to say this, and, and people do not like when I say this because it is such a hot take. John Harbaugh is more of a problem in Baltimore than Lamar Jackson is. Okay, he gets okay. outcoached anytime he goes up against a good coach. No, I'm He makes you. dumb decisions time after time, and he doesn't know how to make adjustments. I don't view the Ravens as a contender in the AFC right now. Now, that's mainly because every time I thought the Ravens were a contender, they underperform. It's the same reason I don't view the Bills as a contender. Now, prove me wrong. And I don't mean the Ravens have to go win a Super Bowl, but you get to the AFC Championship game and you play a solid game against Cincinnati or the Chiefs or whatever, then okay, you've proven me wrong. But if you're going to get to the playoffs and continuously lose in the first round, then I'm not going to view you as an actual contender. The Bills are the same way. They always get there. They look great. And then they play a team that's good and they get thumped. That's the, that's the only problem though. Like with, for me, the Ravens are playing probably better football than most of the teams in the AFC, probably even better than the chiefs right now. And we still don't value them as contenders. But who, like, name a team. Like, who is the who are the Ravens beating? The Texans. 
They lost the Colts. Like I, like I can't. Who, who's the Lions. Their... The Lions are a very, very strong team. We'll see. It's still the Lions. It's just okay. like it's still the Ravens. It's still the Lions. The Bengals. Okay. Yeah. Early on. Uh huh. You're right. The week one through four Bengals are a bottom five team in the NFL. Week five through seventeen Bengals are a top two team in the NFL. You're correct. Uh huh. Go they on. Completely shut down the Browns. Wow. That's the quality win we're giving them is the Browns? Are you okay? You're telling me right now the Browns haven't at least made efforts to win games. Like they're they're defensively, a very good... defensively, I think the Browns are phenomenal. Yeah. Offensively, I think they're absolute ass. But that's the thing. Without Chubb, without Chubb. The Jackson was able to get that team. They had 28 on them. 28's not it's not outrageous. It's solid. No, but it's a good defense. That, you just literally said they were a good defensive just, team. Somebody just dropped 30 on them. That's not as good as the Ravens. Okay. You, you literally just said, though, that the Browns. I do think they have a solid team. defense, but they just gave up 24 to the Seahawks. That one I'll give you. That one I, I'll not even fight with you on that well, one. They just gave up 24 <laughs> to the Seahawks. So I'm I'm not sitting here and saying I'm not sitting here and saying the Ravens aren't a good football team. And they're clearly a playoff team by by any means necessary. They are clearly a playoff team. But to sit here and say that their quality wins are the Browns. And I don't know if the Browns had Watson or if they didn't because he likes to take every other week off. So I don't know what week that fell on. But even so, with, I think they're actually a better team without Deshaun Watson. But that's so no, they they lost really really bad, and it was DTR's fault. But oh, it was a DTR. I thought it was a PJ Walker game. Oh, it was a DTR no, game. okay, yeah, DTR. And I, I'm a really big fan of DTR, and I was like very very sad to see that. Right, but I just like I'm not saying, but like I, I made the same argument the year they went 15 and two. They had a very easy schedule. They looked great doing it. And then they got in the playoffs and they couldn't perform. The Bills do the same thing. To make it sound like I'm not just picking on the Ravens. The Bills do the same thing every year. Josh yeah. Allen picks apart the, the crap competition that he plays. And then he gets into the playoffs and he goes against the Chiefs and the Bengals and he can't win. He's not able to do it against solid competition when it gets to that crunch time. I saw a meme the other day and it made me laugh so hard. It was something like, Josh Allen's made a great career off of having a really fun overtime game with Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Like, and, and, and it made me laugh, but I mean, obviously I think Josh Allen's a solid QB, but they're not winning when they get up. They're not, to, to me, they are not a contender. I If I was the Chiefs and the Bengals, I'd be far more worried about Jacksonville than I am Buffalo and Baltimore. Except for Cincinnati, who I think, if I'm going to pick one of those teams that should be worried about Baltimore... It's Cincinnati, and it's not so much because I think Baltimore is better. It's because that's that division. That's that division thing, and so yeah. obviously Baltimore has seen them twice already, and then obviously with that twice already, you you know the opponent pretty well, and yeah. so I think obviously if they get up against them in the in the in the playoffs, obviously there's that aspect that would play a huge part in it when you go up against the division rival. It's like last year. Excuse me. They went and they played Baltimore in the in the very first round of playoffs. And Baltimore had Tyler Huntley, and it was a really close game. And everybody was like, "Ooh, the Bengals aren't very good." <coughs> they just almost, almost lost Tyler Huntley. And I'm like, I don't know. That's just a rivalry game. Like you're you're going to play well almost regardless. Uh, in those kind of games, I mean, look at um, 
look at Washington this year. Washington this year, I mean, they've had some stinkers. They've blown out by the Bills. I mean, they've played some bad games. They've played two really, really good ones against Philadelphia. They've lost both, but they played two really, really – probably two yeah. of their best games of the year against Philadelphia because yeah. it's a rivalry game. Not, not, many, not many teams will say, oh, thank God we, we don't have to play Washington again, but the Eagles do. Right, exactly. And so it's, you know, that division thing plays a part. So I can make the argument that Cincinnati should be really worried about Baltimore in the playoffs, but it's more a division thing than me thinking Baltimore is actually a contender. I mean, when, um, you, when you started this, the, the, the claim that started all of this was just the AFC is the Chiefs and the Bengals. And I, yeah, I think that's true. Why well, I, I have no evidence to prove me otherwise right now. Now, if I wanted, I wanted to believe that Miami would be the one, but like they, like to the point of they don't beat winning teams when they have to deal with adversity, they did don't handle it well. Right, and I've also even this year, and I, I think they beat them both times. I think they've played them twice. And they beat them both times, but even against like New England, who has a decent defense, their offense has sputtered. And hasn't been as good. They don't perform well, like you said, with the adversity. When it's a close game, they don't do a great job when it gets down to that. And they just – they don't beat the good teams. They got beat like a drum by Buffalo. They don't be, – it, I'm very interested to see how they play against Kansas City this weekend. Um, Because that will be really kind of a game that tells me a little bit about both. Kansas City, like – their offense sputters at times, but I think the worst thing for Miami possible was Kansas City losing last week. Like I, I don't, I don't see Kansas City losing two in a row. And I think for Miami, it was rough that Kansas City finally lost that streak to Denver. Um, obviously, some things went into that. Um, you know, no, no excuses, but obviously, some things went into that. But. I don't think that was good news for Miami because I Andy Reid does such a good job of making those adjustments that I think yeah. Kansas City comes out next year and next year next week and kind of makes a statement that they're still here and they're still they're still strong. <coughs> um, let's see. The other one was, and I want biases to be put aside here speaking to myself and Anthony mostly how much trouble is San Francisco in very very big okay you're putting the bias aside good (laughs) I I think this is a problem this this is a problem um I don't know what it is I don't know what the the cause per se is like I don't know if Brock Purdy has been figured out or like what what exactly it is, but three losses by what seemed like a team that might only lose one all year is a problem. I remember when we started, like before the season started, we did the Super Bowl picks. I chose the Bengals and, and the Eagles, just kind of just playing with like what, what the teams would be expected to right. be. And there was a time there where I was like really impressed with the 49ers. I, I, I said on here, like, man, they're really, they really wear down their opponents. And I thought, oh man, I, I'm not going to get the Super Bowl pick. I mean, not like that happens very often anyways, but, <laughs> but like I thought, well, it's going to be the 49ers. 
now I'm feeling really good about my <laughs> Super Bowl pick again. It'll probably change again before the regular season is over. But just getting to the point, yeah, the 49ers are like, – you don't lose three games in a row without there being a problem. When it was just one against the Browns, it was just like, oh, that'll probably be a blip. Yeah. And then, and then they lost to the Vikings, and it was like, oh, wow. Like, like when they lost to the Vikings, I was more excited about the Vikings than I was thinking about the 49ers. And now they've lost three in a row. Granted, this third one was against the Bengals, but still. Not, it was against the Bengals, and that's, that's you know, it's not a bad loss because of Cincinnati. But at the same time, it was not a close game. At no point did I think San Francisco was winning that football game. Cincinnati was clearly the better football team on the field the entire game. And I know it's Cincinnati, but I still think that that speaks a lot to it because it's – it's you didn't even contend with the contender you were just beat and for me i was looking at 49ers after they did put that absolute drumming on um on dallas and they were five and oh and i looked at their schedule and i said okay cincinnati jacksonville ravens and eagles those four games i said those are the only four i could realistically see this team losing i could see them going 15 and two well, now they've lost three straight. They've got a bye week, but then they're in Jacksonville. V- very much staring down the barrel of four straight losses. So I have something to say, and it's going to make me sound really, really weird. You guys are probably actually going to be like, uh, hold on. Is this real? I don't blame the losses on Brock Purdy. I blame the losses purely on Kyle Shanahan. And like Whoa. Christmas morning. <laughs> and it's really, like Christmas is here early, everyone. Anyone who watches the games, they can be, uh, you know what? Anyone who just looks at stats can watch the games like, dude, Purdy sucks. The real reason why they're losing these games, it's Kyle Shanahan. He got really, really like, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what? Um, he just he got spoiled. He got really spoiled when he came to that offense where he had everything going for him and he forgot exactly what made him a creative a coach. I don't see the same running game he had when he was actually going to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. I don't see any of the schemes written up where at least like Ayo can get open. I honestly He's having to throw into like really, really tight coverages and you're relying too much on Christian McCaffrey. And a lot of this really needs to, if they want to get back to winning without Debo, they need to be creative. They need to stop just putting all this on Christian McCaffrey. They really need to add the running game. They have still Mitchell on that team. I don't know why they don't feel like they can have a running committee. So, so one would say, one could say potentially if they wanted to one could say that Kyle Shanahan doesn't know how to make adjustments. Not right now. No, I, I, no one, one could say that. it though. Like if you wanted to, like the words could come out of your mouth that no. Kyle Shanahan doesn't know how to make adjustments. I don't think one it's could that. Say I, think, it. I think he really is just that. The big word is spoiled. He had exactly everyone he wanted when they're healthy which is a great team. We've all seen them, their lights out when they're healthy, but yeah, one could say it though. I think you're thinking too much of it. And I give you half of it. I give you half 
don't go reaching for more in the pot. I'll take half, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> don't go for reaching for more. Uh, but yeah, no, I really, really think that Shanahan needs to dial it back and he needs to humble himself and go and say, you know what? I can't put all these games on Purdy. I really need to get creative and get this thing rolling again. Here's the here's the part that I don't like, and I, I'm not a big advocate for Purdy. Like, I don't love Purdy. I don't think he's as great as people think he is. But I hate when I see somebody start commenting and they say that they they put a comment like Brock Purdy is overrated. The dude was the last pick in the NFL draft. The fact that he ever started a game means that you can never use that term ever in the history of time. Can you call this man overrated? He was Mr. Irrelevant, and he's won more than a half of football in his career. I don't want to hear the word overrated tossed around for Brock Purdy. I don't think he's worth the hype that he's getting, but I don't think you can call him overrated. Not not based off what he came in the league as with the fact that he was really lucky enough to even make a roster, and then he earned a starting spot. You can't be called overrated with that. Um, and I'm not, I don't personally, I think it's a little bit of a mixture. I think it's tough for Purdy to have to adjust when he loses someone like Debo Samuel. Um, and I don't think he did a good job adjusting to that, but I also am with you. I don't think Kyle Janahan's done a good job of utilizing the weapons he has on offense outside of Debo Samuel. Um, when Debo Samuel went down and trying to adjust that and, and, one week you're like, okay, like you just, you know, you're, you've lost a week, but this is three straight losses where you haven't figured it out. And that's when it starts to become a little bit more of a problem. No, like you have Juwan Jennings, you have Aok, you have McLeod. Like these aren't just bums on the team. Like they're right. solid receivers. And it's stupid that they really have plays written up for Debo and they're doing the exact same shit. Like, like, oh, you know what? Next man up. No, it's not next man up. You made a team guys with completely different assets that bring in this is like change it up. And I really put this on Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I don't I don't disagree with putting on Kyle Shanahan, but I do think there's been a little bit of a comeback down to earth moment for for Brock Purdy. Um, just in the sense of like everybody was like, oh, he might be a top five quarterback. Like I don't think we're there. I don't I don't think we're out of Brock Purdy as a top five quarterback in the NFL kind of conversation. Um, I don't think that I think Brock Purdy is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Um, But he was getting those kind of nods and I just, I don't see him as that, but I also don't think he's a bottom five quarterback in the NFL. Like, I don't think he's Jimmy G. I don't think he was a product, like a full on product of San Francisco's um, offense. And then it would be absolute garbage when he goes somewhere else. I don't, I don't put him at that level, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's up there as a, like a, a top 10 quarterback either. And I think losing someone like Debo and he lost McCaffrey for a half a game, I think, um, or stopped maybe a whole game. I can't remember. Um, obviously played a part in that. Um, anything else? Um, we wanted to talk about <coughs> that's happened in these last few last couple weeks or really, like I said, these last few days where it's been a little bit hectic 
I just, wanna, I just I just want to point out that the the same Broncos defense that gave up 70 a few weeks ago kept the Chiefs out of the end zone the entire first 60 minutes. Yeah, and I mean that's that's something, but also if the Chiefs had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, then they'd have given up 70 again. Like the Chiefs don't have like they have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Like excuses. You know, like like is you you're right that they don't have the same receivers, but like like I don't think the Chiefs could put up seventy on anyone. Like I think if you t- I don't think the Broncos had the worst defense in the NFL. I know people think they do because I get that I get but, that, but they kept them out of the end zone the entire sixty. Yeah, minutes. and Patrick Mahomes had the flu. He had one hundred and four temperature. I was about to say yeah. like Mahomes, was, Mahomes that game. Yeah, like, but yeah, like it's excuses. But like, have you ever tried working when you have the flu? Like, it was enough that he even went out there. Like, they didn't. Look, I, eat. Look, I get it. I get it. But, <laughs> like, don't don't try and take away that this like the, these things these things are factors. I don't want to say that they're nothing, but the fact that they kept them out of the end zone for sixty minutes is also not nothing here. I don't think it's not nothing. I still think Denver has a garbage defense, and I still think they're a garbage team. Same. I, I don't. I just like, don't. Think- like this did nothing to make me think Denver was a, a like a better football team than they were a week ago. This is really one of those times where I'm like, oh, you know what? It was a bad day, bad game. I, I really don't put any stock into. Yeah, like I just like I'm not. I'm not seeing this as like a a reawakening for Denver. Like I just like Denver's still not good. If I did this every time the Raiders won, I'd cry the week after. <laughs> Okay, so the two weeks out of the year. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just like yeah, that's my thing. It's like, and, and and I remember it after the Bears game, and not not from you guys, of course, but I'm you know Denver came back and and beat the Bears, and everybody was like, oh, Denver might actually no, Denver's not good. The Bears just also suck. And I'm not saying that I obviously don't think the Chiefs also suck, but I think the Chiefs had a factor of played a really really bad game, and their quarterback was maybe 30% of himself and Taylor Swift wasn't there. There it is. That's the reason right oh, there. Wow. Taylor Swift wasn't there. That's Dude, what it was. It's her fault. She's the problem. It's her. Okay. Uh, you can shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, they'd won all the games. Taylor Swift was there. Exactly. Right. I just said it was her fault. No. But yes, you, why you are she... not entitled to that. You are not entitled well, to that. Why point. not? If she would have Fuck been you, there, Eric, that's why. <laughs> if they, if she would have been there, they would have won. Is that not correct? That is correct. Then how is it not her fault that they lost? Because she's not the Chiefs. <laughs> no, she's, Look, a she's the reason they win, though. You play better with cheerleaders. He wasn't there when they won the Super Bowl. That's irrelevant. Different team, different roster. Look, no, Look, if she had been there, they would have won. That doesn't yeah. mean that it, without her, they can't win. No, I think that's exactly what it means. No, that's not what it means. <laughs> no, I think that is what it means. I think if they're it means win when she's year, there, it guarantees the them a win. When she's not there, it doesn't guarantee that they lose. This is basic logic, Eric. I'm a philosophy professor. Don't argue. No, with me. I don't. I don't. I'm not looking for basic logic. If Taylor Swift is there, they not win. If she's life. not there, they lose. Then it's up Black to Andy Reid and, and the Chiefs win Super Bowl winning Chiefs. 
because oh, oh I got something that's gonna piss off Eric. So they lost. Does that mean that it what that Andy Reid was out coached by Sean Payton? No. No, okay. Um I I think teams can lose <laughs> without being out coached. Okay. I don't think every time Shanahan loses, it's because he's out coached. I certainly do not think Shanahan was out coached against the Browns. <laughs> I'm just I'm giving you shit for that time you were saying. Oh, if they had to lose, he was outcoached. No. I said the only thing that would keep them from winning is if he gets outcoached. <laughs> I just – I had to put that in. We went over how you misunderstood what I was saying. I uh, didn't say he was know what going to be outcoached. We know what you're meaning. I think though. he got outcoached against Cincinnati. I agree. Okay. I do not think he got outcoached against the Browns. <laughs> like just to, I, go, I, to go back I and know forth. What you were doing though at that day, you were jabbing, even though you know what you meant and you know what you were referring to. I was like, oh, don't, don't play that game. But that's well, what you're doing. Right he's now. choked away two. He's choked away two of them so far. So let's see. If see, can play another see. <laughs> Statistically, he choked away two Super Bowls. Ladies and gentlemen, we have okay. It. I will say he choked away a Super Bowl and a half because 50% of the blame goes to Dan Quinn for the Atlanta one. Okay, there we go. But he choked he choked away the San Francisco one because the running game was working. It was keeping the ball out of Mahomes' hands, and then he decided to pass it with your favorite quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. All of a sudden decided to show that he could win with Jimmy Garoppolo passing the ball. Why? Oh, Jimmy, sit your ass down. You're third-string quarterback now. <laughs> I don't, they did not say he was third string. I no, he is on my Madden. He is on my Madden. Okay, honestly, surprised he's still on the team. If I'm being honest, I can't get rid of him. He's expensive. Ah, uh, makes sense. <laughs> you could do what the what the Texans did with Brock Osweiler uh, once upon a time, and like trade away a second round pick to incentivize somebody picking up the contract. I don't think Madden gives that option. Yeah, Madden doesn't work uh, that. Yeah, Madden, Madden doesn't give the fun little workarounds like that. Darn. <laughs> you could do what I do when somebody's too expensive and just go in and edit their contract. Yeah, then, trade him. <laughs> then trade him away. <laughs> oh, um, we get I, I love weekends like this upcoming weekend because we get a 9.30 or, or for me in the Eastern time and for you, Brian, it's a 9.30 game. For you, Anthony, it would be a 7.30 game. But we get we get an early game. Uh, I don't have to wait till one for football to start. Um, Chiefs and Chiefs and uh, Miami are in Germany. Um, and so uh, we get that early football game where I get to wake up. Um, we get another look at Will Levis tomorrow night against Pittsburgh. I am excited to actually see this. Yeah, like I actually yeah. am kind of excited for this game. Yeah. Was it was it beginner's luck or is there actually something that will love us? Yeah, like that's the thing. It's like, was it just like, okay, no tape, so we don't know what we're expecting? when we I, I truly think it's that, but I will give him the benefit of doubt of watching that game, you know? Right, yeah. Like, let's see. Maybe he comes in and, and does it again two, two in a row. Mayo um, scared. There, you know, and, and the Bills and the Bengals are Sunday Night Football. I think that'll be fun. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We get a good Sunday. We get we start we start off the morning with Dolphins Chiefs. We end the night with Bills and Bengals. Oh, 
hey, let me let me tell you all something. Like I'm about to play myself a sad song on the world's smallest violin here. We and um, that's it for tonight, you guys. We are living in where where I'm living in in Georgia right now, and when I, I've got a couple of friends, uh, I got some friends in in Atlanta, and so we were gonna go and to watch to watch some Atlanta game together. First option, of course, was when the, the commanders were in town, but my my friends had other plans that particular weekend. So then we looked at the schedule and we said, hey, let's watch the game when the Vikings are in town because we could watch Kirk Cousins and that would be great. Damn. <laughs> now we're not. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Atlanta's home against the Saints. If you could say choose that game and then maybe something will happen to one of their players. Oh and my God. <laughs> they got Tampa Bay at home too. If you want to go to it's, that one, it's too late. We're we're we've, we're locked in for this weekend, so we're just gonna ah. we're just gonna watch the no name rookie quarterback <laughs> against Taylor Heineke. At least I get to watch Taylor Heineke. That's true. You do get to see Taylor Heineke. That'll be nice. And uh, there's still some big names. Like Atlanta still got some big names on our team, like Bijan and stuff like that. And then obviously, uh, unfortunately for the Vikings, they don't have Kirk or Justin Jefferson. Um, so you missed out on both of those. Um, but they do have, I'll, I'll speak on this for a second. They still do have Jordan Addison and you, you're looking like you were pretty correct on him, Anthony, um, with how electric he's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so solid pickup for, for Minnesota there with whatever, uh, quarterback they decide to go with for the future. Um, having Jefferson and, and Addison should be a pretty solid, uh, Jefferson did say that he wants Cousins back next season. So, I think I, Jefferson I, likes Cousins. I really do. Everybody thinks yeah. that he has a problem with Cousins, but I think Jefferson likes Cousins. I Who really the hell? Love. What dumbass is saying that? Like, they think that he doesn't. They think that he thinks Kirk can't get him the football. And I'm like, based off what his record breaking seasons? Like, what are you? <laughs> no, people don't really like thousand Jefferson. yards last season. <laughs> people don't realize like Jefferson is just that dog. He's a competitor. He's exactly why we put him in that class with Adams and Hill when they're not happy. Are you guys looking to ship? No, I want to stay on my team, but Jefferson's that guy's like, that's my fucking quarterback. Like I'm eating, like I'm not replacing him. I love that shit. Right. And I, I like, I think, I think we saw the flip side of that with, um, uh, Adams in, in, in Las Vegas and the fact that he could not stand Jimmy Garoppolo. And he was so tired of you guys. I'm you know, flying right now. I, I I'm so happy because I, I I watched Monday night was like the first time that I really sat down and watched like a full Raiders game because it was the first time they were like prime time and I like it was the game that was on. My focus was on that, and there was so, they had one play I can't remember when it was in the game where Adams just ran an absolute gorgeous route. He got open easily. And Garoppolo eyed him the entire time and then threw it about three yards behind him. (laughs) And you just see Adams. And Adams, huge ass, like, catch radius. Three yards behind him is fucking horrible. Yeah, like, like, I'm I'm just sitting there and I'm like, it's not that he, it's not even that, like, the defender was, like, super close. He's like, Adams... Like, and I remember the announcer talking about too. Like, if he hits Adams in stride, there's a solid chance it goes 60 yards for a touchdown. And he just completely misses him. And I'm like, it's not even like you were trying to look the other direction. You stared at him the entire time and then threw it three yards behind him. 
So I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> and and it was in that moment where I'm like, they got to do something because this ain't the answer. Like you've got a top to me, a top three wide receiver in the NFL. To me, it's it's Jefferson, it's uh, Hill, and it's Adams. And then I I would put Cooper Cup right up there in that like same stratosphere. But to me, it's those three. Those are your three best receivers in the NFL, and two of them. One of them is injured now, but before that was having a great year. Tyreek Hill is obviously having a great year. And then the other one isn't, and it's not because he's not good anymore. Um, so Jimmy G had to go. Backtracking a little bit, I'm actually not convinced. I'm actually not convinced that uh, the Vikings move on from Kirk after this year. Yeah. You know, especially with what Anthony said about the fact that Jefferson wants him back. Like, I don't think it's a surefire thing, especially like, like I think if, if this rookie does come in and absolutely lights it up, then yeah, I think they move on from Kirk. Like if he wins, rolls off some games and they end up, let's see, they're four and four right now. If they end up, you know, uh, 11 and six and he goes, he goes seven and two and he throws for 3000 yards and, you know, 25 touchdowns, you know, and he looks really, really good then yeah, they probably move on from Kirk because that would make the most sense. But if he comes in and they suck and they just kind of lose, you know, they, you know, maybe they go seven and 10, obviously not good enough to draft a top quarterback, but they probably just are like, okay, well let's just draft somebody and let's, let's bring Kirk back and see what we can do with him healthy. Um, so I think that option's definitely there. Um, for them to to do that, uh, the door is not completely closed on him. Other than that, I I don't have much. I don't. We'll be back in two weeks. I don't think with nearly as much information as we had here. Um, well, at least I certainly hope not. Uh, I can't imagine what would have to happen, especially with the trade deadline pass, for us to have this much to talk about again. Um. We didn't do um, we didn't do high lows time. I know that, but like I felt like we discussed some of the things for our teams, like Washington and whatnot. And then obviously, I don't need to hear Anthony rave about how Josh McDaniels is gone anymore. So I don't need to hear his high anymore because I know what it is. Oh, Anthony, just for shits and giggles, just to just to to see what I could possibly get out of you for this, if we were to do that segment, what would your low be? See, you can't like you're so cloud nine. You can't even think of a fucking look. You guys scared my side. <laughs> like, like that's the thing. Like your team's still not any good, but you're such cloud nine from the firing and just the the weight of that being lifted off your shoulder that you can't even think of a downside for your team. Your team just got absolutely ass raped on Monday Night Football, but you can't think of a low because Josh McDaniels isn't there and Jimmy G's on the bench. Like you can't, I don't think people realize just how shitty of a coach he is. No, I get that. And I'm not saying that I don't personally think you should have a low. And that's why I chose not to do the segment is because I don't think you do. You're so happy with what happened. That I you know, I do, I do have a low. I do have a low. So my low is seeing all these fucking defensive players going to different teams for not even, like, for third-round picks. Are you kidding me? 
I can't, I can't get my team. Well, I guess McDaniels was in charge at the time, but right. I can't believe Davis didn't say, Hey, I want that guy. Send a third round pick for him right now, or you're fired. <laughs> you're fired, but still. <laughs> the best thing in the world would have been if he told Josh McDaniels, you go get Chase Young for a third round pick or you're fired. And then he does it. And then he fires him anyway. I would have loved that. We had Leonard Williams. We had Chase Young, Montez Sweat, all traded into different teams. And we're saying the Raiders didn't get one? <laughs> Fuck me, dude. But you got That's Jimmy G. <laughs> no, we have uh, we have Chase Young at home. Like, no, fuck, God damn it! I know we have Crosby, but come on. I absolutely loved watching. Shut up, Brian. I loved watching Max Crosby on Monday night. It was such a highlight for me, and I know like y'all lost, but just watching him. It's Max, just, Crosby, Max Crosby it's just is the Raiders right now. Yeah, Max Crosby is Max Crosby is the most underrated defensive end in the league. I will always defend him, and I will admit when he didn't play a good game. But the amount of oh my gosh, the amount of pressures, the amount of actually, you know what? He is the defense of that team. Yeah. They, you guys, they don't get interceptions without Crosby interrupting the pass. Yeah, they it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a with Crosby interception. Yeah, grabbing them like. He is the team, and like Brian said, I just – he needs more love, and I, I really hate that we're wasting his time right now. I just like I, I just like watching him, and I was like, this dude is a, a – one, is just a born talent. And then I was also just like a born leader. Like, I was like, this guy has just come out here, and he just takes, takes control. Before we leave, have you guys seen that QB1 show uh, with uh, Mahomes and them? No, I haven't watched it. Oh, my – Max Crosby is so freaking hilarious picking on Mahomes. Like Mahomes, to me, he's my quarterback. He's everything I would want in a quarterback. Right. But dude, he was bitching so much about Crosby. I, I suggest anyone to go watch that. Like it was funny as hell just seeing how much one player can affect a quarterback. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't I don't blame him. Obviously, like I think I think most people um would be scared of I mean, first off, like he just looks a little scary. Just, like just the physical appearance of Max Crosby looks a little scary. My favorite still from this year is when Aaron Donald ran towards Geno Smith and he said, Oh my God, and just do the football. Yes. Yes. That was, that was definitely my favorite. still my favorite mic'd up moment of this year. Oh my God. And just throws it into the ground. Gino said, I am not about that. We didn't have anybody like that when I was on the jets. All right. We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, We'll talk Wait, a did you bit. just say Gino never had anyone like that on the Jets? I was just making a joke. Okay. I don't know who he had when he played for the Jets. The team was absolute garbage. They had Leonard Williams at the time. With Gino there? I'm pretty sure. Are you sure? Gino was on the Jets from like 2012 to like 2015. Why do I feel I, I feel like he was? When no, when was Leonard Williams drafted? Hold on. Sorry, you guys. No, this is this is part of the pod. Sometimes we Google information because we don't want to give you guys, the viewers, incorrect information, okay? Like, we're not trying to hurt you with incorrect stuff. So he was drafted in the first round of 2015. Oh, okay. So Geno Smith played for the Jets. 
until 2016. So he would have been a little crossover with Leonard Williams. Okay, so he had baby Williams. Yeah, and he wasn't playing like like 2013. He like played the whole season. In 2014, he played the whole season for the Jets. But 2015, he threw for 265 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, and then 2016, he threw for 126 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. So I oh, don't think <laughs> I don't think those years. I don't think Geno was exactly staring down the barrel of Leonard Williams. Also, I just kind of meant who he was going up against in actual competition, not people that played for the Jets. Because when he's playing for the Jets, Anthony, I don't know if you know this or not, but when he plays for the team, he doesn't have to play against that team's defense during the game. He plays against against the other team's defense, Anthony. I get that. I didn't realize, though, like, Hard Knocks is the funniest shit. You see the defensive ends like Crosby and them like really not give a hell who the quarterback is. It's like he's like number seven, number seven, number like and they go after them like crazy. And so that's just what I was referring to. Like, oh, he he still had a dog, but it was baby Williams at the time. I get that. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I don't think Leonard Williams was anything at that point. What he's obviously turned into now, um, which also props. He went to Seattle, right? Their defense just keeps getting better. It really, it was like the actually a great fit. Yeah, like it was that was a perfect move for Seattle. Um, who's uh, like I mean, who? It, well, this will be our last thing. I mean, I think I think Seattle is a legitimate threat to win that division. But I don't, I don't think it's. I think at this point, with the way that I see San Francisco playing, I think Seattle is a legitimate threat to win that division. I don't know if y'all agree yeah. or not, but. I don't see anything that tells me. I don't me like that. it, but I agree. <laughs> you just not like this, like the Seahawks. I don't like Gino. No, I don't okay. think Gino is the reason they're a legitimate threat, though. I don't think he's real. <laughs> it, it's kind of crazy because he absolutely he was absolute ass for a few years. Like it's crazy to think that he's like turned into like a a serviceable, okay quarterback. <laughs> Excuse me, and it bothers me because I don't feel like he should be. Um, but somehow here we are. Um, would you take Geno Smith over Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, yes. Is there any quarterback in the league right now that you wouldn't take over Jimmy Garoppolo? Starting quarterback? Yes. That includes Josh Dobbs and, oh, PJ, I, I, and PJ Walker. Fucking hell. Uh, okay, you know what? Uh, PJ Walker sometimes pisses me off. Okay. Uh, I think they're around like the same area. Uh, I would have Stafford. I'd have Jackson. I'd have – no, I'm done with Carr. I was about to say, like, we, we've had this conversation you know, before. Wait, rather, wait, 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 wait. I would rather Zach have – um, Yes, I would rather have Zach Wilson. I Zach would Jones. rather have – I would rather have Mac Jones because Kenny Pickett. Mac Jones. Can, okay, that's where we're playing with something dangerous. <laughs> um, I'd rather have I'd rather have Jimmy over Ryan Tannehill. Um, no, Will Levis is a starter right now, sir. I get Some that. Respect on I'm his still name. surprised though that you would that you would take Jimmy over Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, it's wild to me. There, there's, there's just Ooh, Gardner so I, Minshew. I I swear Gardner Minshew does shit on purpose to lose. Uh, I, it, 
That Colts game pissed me off, dude. Anthony. This motherfucker out here throwing games, I swear. I swear to God. Like, He's got money on the game somehow. <laughs> like, I, I never, like, turn on to a game where I'm like, dude, this looks fun. Like, look at these jerseys. Wow. Well, this team's playing great. And then the last minute, Minshew's like, <laughs> just kidding. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Oh, ew, fuck. <laughs> well, I think I'm done for the night. No, that's not how this works. <laughs> All right, I'd rather have Daniel Jones. Oh, damn. Shit. Daniel Jones. That's wild. That's it. That's all I have for you that I think would be reasonable answers. Like, obviously, like, up in there. Obviously, I'm like, would you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Jimmy G? I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't have to go through every quarterback. Some of them are obvious answers. <laughs> um, But for all this time, we get on tangents. Y'all listen to it. That's what you don't pay us for. Um, Bitches. We, <laughs> please don't please don't call our listener bitches. Um. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> please respect the listeners, please. Um, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, do not forget that next week we will have a uh, our other podcast, Speaking Ancient Geek. We'll be doing a Big Bang Theory episode. If that is something that you're into, please give that a listen as well. Um, but we'll be back with this one in two weeks to discuss more football-related content. Bye.